0: Hello and welcome to the C-Suite Hot C. My name is Saf Malik, reporter at Capacity Media. This is the monthly podcast from the Capacity editorial team featuring exclusive interviews with C-Suite executives from across the wider telecoms, tech and ICT landscape. Join us as we talk all things technology, infrastructure, finance and strategy. For our second episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Catherine Ainley, CEO of Ericsson UK and Ireland and Blessing Macombe. Vice President and Head of Digital Services for Ericsson, UK and Ireland. Thank you for joining us today, guys.
1: Thank you. It's great to be here.
0: Thank
2: you very much. It's my pleasure to be here.
0: We're now into the fourth year of live commercial 5G networks. What can we expect from 5G in 2023?
1: Well, I think 2023 is going to be a super exciting year for 5G. For us, it's going to be one of the years where we see standalone really come to life in the UK. And standalone will take 5G onto another level. I guess, for me, there's a number of building blocks to get to the 5G that everyone thinks of. And clearly, the the launches that we've had of 5G so far have have helped us on that journey. But standalone is a massive building block. It's going to bring a step change in, in speed, but especially on latency. Probably blessing your best place to say a bit more
2: about that. Yes, I fully agree with uh, what Catherine is highlighting. I think we are moving into sort of an idea where we used to have one network that was built for every single service we had in the telecommunications industry and now moving into uh, other capabilities or different networks uh, that standalone brings us. So we can expect to see some uh, new features that will come uh, with this technology uh, all the way from network slicing and then some uh, features that we have in the, in the radio section as well. And then you can expect really uh, much better efficiency in different aspects. So latency is as, uh, as also highlighted. Uh, and then you can also expect some really good business opportunities that will come through um, what we call network slicing as well. So I think it's going to be an exciting year uh, that comes and brings forth uh, new technology in the 5G SA space.
0: There's been a lot made of the transformative potential of network slicing in 5G. Can you explain what network slicing is and how we can realise its benefits in the year ahead?
2: Yes, so I can... um, try to start by a definition i would use in uh, in in my my head really the aspect of moving from uh, one network uh, creating multiple networks so essentially what we had previously was a, was a network that would serve uh, different functions and and different use cases so you would have a, a gamer uh, you would have someone who's using netflix uh, all using the same network But what we have now with this uh, technology of network slicing is I can create a specific slice that has the characteristics of a specific user. So for example, a gamer is really interested in in latency, so so no lag. Uh, Someone who's watching Netflix is really interested in bandwidth, so as much bandwidth as possible. And you can start uh, defining the network such that uh, the characteristics of that network are available to meet the service that the consumer or the end user uh, needs as well. I also like to think about using, um, uh, let's say, a simple example. For example, I'm uh, I'm from from Zimbabwe. In Zimbabwe, we have um, uh, Victoria Falls. Victoria Falls is a beautiful place. I would uh, highly recommend you one day to visit. And. In Victoria Falls, there are actually residents who stay there uh, in in that that place, yet there are lots of tourists that are coming into into Victoria Falls. So what network slicing enables us to do is, uh, you can still create a slice for, for example, for Teams, for Zoom, uh, for people who actually still are working on a day-to-day, and also create a different service for tourists who are interested in in uploads in uh, in TikTok and in, in YouTube, and then the characteristics of of that network will be different. Yet it's running on the uh, on the same network. So I think you will have those type of uh, benefits in addition to enterprise-specific uh, benefits as well that network slicing will, will introduce. One of
0: the topics that we're very interested in at capacity and something that I've personally wrote about in the last few months was private 5G. Uh, this is an area that's growing rapidly. What is the potential of private 5G networks in the UK and how does Ericsson factor into this?
1: So I think um private 5G is one of the really, really exciting things about 5G and the ability to create that closed, either closed environment or sort of semi-closed environment for businesses, for organizations, or even you know, potentially in a, in a consumer world as well. Um, and, and I think particularly we see this really taking off in manufacturing in the UK. So in other countries, it's particularly like mining or, or some of the big utilities. But in the UK, um, sort of manufacturing and ports seem to be the, the biggest opportunity. And, and where is it useful? I mean, it's anywhere where you need to connect things together where you don't really want to use wires. And you need that connectivity to be really reliable and secure so for example we're seeing it being used in ports such as um Belfast where you can track down uh things that are moving around the port where you can um manage things in factories so we've used it in um one of the factories for, for a company called Hyperbat that makes electric car batteries where they can bring people together to work on things in virtual reality, even though they're not together. And then they're also looking at how they can take wires uh, off the production line, so how they can literally make their production line much more flexible. So, you know, really, it, it will really transform the way that, that businesses work.
2: Yeah, I can also add uh, to that also highlighting, um, basically from a technology perspective as well, uh, what we're looking at, uh, I think as Catherine highlights, uh, there's a huge addressable market in this space. We're seeing uh, some industries that are front runners, but you still have your your oil and gas, your your wind farms, different types of u- utilities, manufacturing, ETC. But what we're also doing from a technology perspective is we, we essentially uh, bringing in, uh, if I look at Ericsson, bringing in uh, our world class technology and products into one box uh, by that i mean it's a it's a pre integrated solution that comes from radio uh, all the way to the to the core network that can be deployed on prem uh same point easy to to install integrate into the rest of the network so you get the capabilities that uh, 5g brings so you, so you will have different types of uh, industries requiring different types of services uh, the ones that need on prem not relying on um on mobility or, or use cases that need to go out of prem uh, will benefit hugely from a, a private 5G solution uh, like the one I've just described now.
0: And do you think operators will continue to invest in 5G during these difficult economic times? Um, and why is it important that they continue to do so moving forward?
1: Yeah, maybe if I take that one first, I think I'd probably turn it around and say, what happens if we don't invest? I think um, you know it's absolutely crucial that we continue investing in the infrastructure and it's not one of those things that you can turn on and off like a tap depending on on what's happening around and clearly you know times are tough at the moment for lots of people but i think we've got to think of it slightly differently and think of 5g and connectivity as part of the answer rather than um part of the problem so it's a really long-term investment you can't turn it on and off uh kind of once you start we need to keep it on rolling but but most importantly you know it's going to drive massive growth and we estimate um, so in the analysis that we've done up to sort of 15 billion pounds opportunity for the UK will get driven off the back of that improved connectivity. And if you look at it from a global perspective, one of the recent surveys that the IHS market did reckoned that there was over 10 trillion uh, in the global economic value by 2035. And that's 22.3 million jobs, they reckoned on 5G. So that's an enormous amount. And we need to most importantly, we need to be at the front of that. So if we want um, you know our market to be driving connectivity, driving innovation, driving growth. Actually, five G is going to be central to that. So we need to we need to be ahead of it rather than um, putting
2: it on pause. Yeah, I think just to add to that as well. Uh, gone are the days where the technology uh, companies would be highlighting five G. I think what we are seeing now is that the ecosystem is getting ready for five G. So this is no longer. Um, an Ericsson or a supplier discussion. This is now the whole ecosystem coming to the party. We can see devices are, are getting ready. We, we're expecting also big announcements later on in the, in the year from uh, from devices perspective. We're seeing the regulation is coming on board. Uh, technology is there to support. Standards are, are, are firming up as well when it comes to, uh, to 5G. So uh, I think uh, to Catherine's point as well, it's extremely important then uh, to to leverage on this it's it's coming it's it's a uh, entire ecosystem getting ready um it's best to to be ready for it and and get onto it than, than being left behind
1: maybe if i just add one last thing i guess if we think back to 4g uh, there was a point probably round about now where all the businesses kind of kicked off from 4g and we saw the likes of uber emerging we saw lots of mobile apps And and not just, you know, fun apps, but lots of completely new businesses driven off 4G roughly at this point in that cycle. So, you know, this is the time when we we should expect to see those seeds of innovation and the next generation of exciting things coming out. So uh, we definitely want to be part of that moving forwards.
0: Recently, Ericsson announced the launch of the multi-million-pound six G research project in the UK. Why is Ericsson turning to six G when we haven't even realised the full potential of five G yet?
1: It's a really good question, and we get this all the time. Don't blessing. It's, um, you know, it, it does feel like you know you're still part way through one technology, and you start talking about the next one, and we absolutely shouldn't take our eye off the ball on, on 5G whilst we talk about 6G, but these development cycles and in particular setting what the standards are going to be and the way they're going to work together, that is years and years in the planning and, and you know we're, we're already talking with we MWC last week and lots of the conversations were about actually we'll see those standards and, and ways of working and the technologies start to um, really stabilise and emerge over the next year or two um, and certainly towards the end of the 2020s that the 6G position will be will be set. So it's really important that we keep on that long-term development and investment to make sure that we both, you know, as a con- I'm super excited, it's in the UK, uh, some of our 6G research, but you know, we, we are also as a as a world kind of continuing to develop our, our connectivity moving forwards.
2: Yeah, just to to add to that as well, th- these technologies we have seen from uh, 2G, 3G will take years. We're talking about ten years in the making before you see the the technology out with the with the front runners. And as Catherine said, there's a lot of aspects that need to be considered from from standards all the way to actually developing the technology. So it's um, I think it's an exciting thing that we have a, a research and development team that starts uh, going ahead, uh, exploring what the future looks like. Uh, We start dreaming uh, about what could potentially come out and and how can we uh, come up with this technology to serve serve us better in in the 6G world. So the research has to take that long. I mean, we're we're talking in the region of 10 years to to really establish and come up with something tangible as well. So it's, uh, it's exciting. And I think what really excites me is Ericsson has also chosen to partner with, uh, with the UK uh, as part of this research and, and really leverage on the skill set that we have in, in this country in, in some of the, the areas that we've been leading for years, but then also partner with, uh, with universities and different uh, players in the, in the ecosystem to develop uh, 6G.
0: How important are both 5G and 6G use cases in demonstrating what the technology can do to wider audiences?
1: I think it's really important. I mean, I think the big difference that we see with 5G versus some of the previous technologies is it's all about the ecosystem. So what you don't tend to see, or certainly at the moment, is you don't tend to see it's one organisation or one technology that just delivers. It's about partnerships and how, you know, different organisations and technologies work together. So I think those use cases are really important to inspire both uh, individuals and startups and existing companies and what they can do, but also to inspire people to work together on on how they can make a difference and make, make the change. And, and I think also it's about inspiring that bigger picture piece. I mean, 5G brings so much more than just the straight connectivity and the latency and the opportunity that it brings you know for example around be it sustainability or about how you can just completely change the way your business works and you can reduce having to travel or go to dangerous sites or uh, track things or manage your uh, utilities network and i think those you know the those use cases are really critical to inspire people on the things they haven't yet thought of to be honest <laughs>
2: yeah I think to to add to that as well uh, what I really love about this technology is um we are opening it up a lot more now uh so so that different end users and consumers can build on top of a technology so you can look at it as a sort of um network as a service where you have millions and millions of people who can access it and then can create different types of technology on top of it similar to what you would have for example with the uh, let's say Apple or or Android and then uh, you have the Apple store and then people can develop different types of apps. Uh, You can expect something similar to that when the technology continues to, um, to mature as well, where you open it up and therefore the possibilities are endless. I mean the different types of use cases that can come. Uh, some stuff that we haven 't even dreamt uh, of yet, um, where people can leverage on on what this technology can do, we, we should never underestimate um, killing off latency. we should never underestimate the, the the bandwidth that we have and what someone who's capable can do with uh, with those capabilities exposed to them. so I think it will bring forth a lot of innovation, a lot of ideas, a lot of thinking. Um, that can uh, can really enhance the lives of, uh, of the citizens that we have.
0: We're recording this in the month of March, uh, and one of the key things I want to speak about was um, International Women's Day. We wanted to know, Catherine, especially for you, how progressive do you feel like the telco industry is on female leadership?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting one, this, isn't it? And I reflect lots around, I would say, diversity in general in the telco industry, and I think instinctively it feels like it's almost got tougher over the last year a couple of years and and i think you know we are not where we need to be and i probably well i think female diversity is one of the really obvious ones i think actually in terms of what you see i think diversity as a whole is super important and they're driven together by actually making it a great place to work having diversity of thought making sure that everybody feels included and so where are we on diversity and i think of this as you know have you got the right funnel of people kind of coming up and through universities? Are you hiring the right people through the door and then are you keeping them? And I think, you know, what what I think is really interesting in the technology space is we, we're we still not getting that diverse funnel of people coming through universities and schools, which means that it's really hard to then hire a diverse group. So I think my big ask is we need to inspire Young people who perhaps wouldn't think of telco and tele technology as a an area of interest to come into it, and we, you know, we go out to schools, we do stuff. I went out to one school, and I had, I think there were about fifty people in the class in the group that we were talking to, and there was one girl, and I kind of go. Are, you know? and then you go out to universities and probably most of the courses we recruit off they're probably I don't know between 15 15 and 25 percent female and then you wonder why the funnel coming through it's quite hard to find a diverse um, sort of recruitment funnel so I think it's all about inspiring people I think we also need to you know then help make it a great place to work so that people tell others and most importantly we need to think more widely about who we hire you know if you only hire uh, computer science graduates with a specific background and specific skill set you're probably going to end up with a very narrow pool and hire exactly the same people and not have a very diverse organization. so um, we got loads of work to do on this I think International Women's Day really important for highlighting it. Um, yeah I think we've still got some way to go but at least the awareness is there and we're talking about it which is absolutely important. blessing I know you might want to add to that in general.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think someone once said to me that um, a, a female will apply for a, a role when they feel 95% confident and, and a male when they only feel 60%. So there's is is those aspects as well where I, I think it's, a, as Kevin was highlighting, a lot more encouragement. You know, you can do it. Uh, go for it Uh, that's that's required out there but i think also diversity diversity in general what i'm learning through different journeys is um It's not always easy because we we love to work with those people that are like-minded, that think the way that we think. Uh, But once you actually start getting people from different aspects, you realize, oh, my, I mean, the wealth of information, the wealth of diverse thinking that is there. uh, You can produce something that is so unique and special beyond what you could have done with like-minded people. So bringing people from different uh, walks uh, of life and, and also having Male and female thinking, because we we approach things in in many different ways, enriches us uh, as an as an organization, as a team, and, and takes us to a higher level. So really, something to continue pursuing, uh, coming out of our comfort zones, and going for for those aspects, because uh, at the end of it, the outcome is uh, is really rich and helpful for any organization.
1: I think it's on all of us to inspire kind of the next generation of people, and um especially International Women's Day is really good at inspiring women, hopefully to think of a career that they, they weren't going to think of otherwise. But yeah, Telco, like I think as all the industries become more technology based, we're all looking for the same resource and that therefore that makes it um, people have more choice, but also, you know, we've got to bring out how exciting Telco is to work in and all the fantastic things that we're doing uh, to, to help inspire other people. So yeah, challenge set for, for International Women's Day.
0: And what can we expect to see from Ericsson in the UK during 2023?
1: Sure. Well, if I start, I think um, 2023 is a big year. We have talked about five G standalone. I think uh, the UK as a whole will, uh, you know, will will see that standalone come to life over the course of the year. Um, the second thing I think you can expect from us is a increasing, well, an ongoing increasing focus on sustainability and on energy. We saw a lot of that last year. Um, and we'll continue to, to push that and and see how we can both transform our own product portfolio. So how we can drive more and more efficiency, but also how we can enable other organisations to to work towards net zero. Um, and I mean, just to give you an idea, five G um, can give you roughly ten times more capacity for roughly thirty percent less energy. If you look at some of the new technologies, so, you know that's the kind of level of efficiency and the impact that it can make on sustainability. So I think those are two of the big things. It's going to be. Um, it's going to be a big year of delivery for us you know we are just focused on helping the operators and helping our partners continue to to roll out so we'll be here we'll be uh, cracking on and uh, and it's going to be an exciting year for us and then probably 6g is, is the other one which we've, we've talked about already but blessing maybe over to you to say a little bit more about your your, your view and, and 6g in particular
2: Yes, I think um, we will have, um, yeah, uh, as Catherine says, a, a, a year that will be interesting from a delivery perspective. But what's important is we're going through different transformations. So so we'll have the transformation, the big one from, from 4G to 5G or 5G NSA to 5G SA. Uh, that's going to take place. And then we're also going to have uh, moving into the cloud native technology because to really enjoy the benefits of uh, or 5G SA uh, from a core perspective, we're now running on, uh, on cloud native technology. And that technology helps us, uh, especially from an operations perspective, to, to enjoy uh, certain automation benefits that come with it. So we're looking forward to a lot of that. A lot of our customers enjoying that. I think what is key for us is in everything that we're doing, uh, we keep our security at the heart of it as well, uh, making sure that we address the aspects around that um, and make sure that the metrics are as secure as, as they should and can be. And also then extending into the, into the 6G uh, space, I'm uh, really looking forward to that. I think we'll start uh, engaging Uh, so so those engagements have started with different universities so more structure will be established uh, as we set up our research for the upcoming technology as well so we'll focus on the delivery as it stands uh, but think about what's coming next uh, and continue working on that
0: Catherine and Blessing we really appreciate your time today thank you for joining us on the c-suite hot seat thank you You can see more from the Capacity editorial team on www.capacitymedia.com or follow us on YouTube, LinkedIn and Twitter at Capacity Media.